My name's Tracy Smith. I was born and raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan. In 1998, I attended the South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. And at a promotional side event at a local coffee house, I saw a showcase featuring some of the most talented performance poets in the country. Afterwards, I returned home and founded the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. Now, almost 25 years later, for the sake of history, for the sake of nostalgia, and for some of the incredibly talented people we've lost along the way, I give you, dear listener, the Keizu Poetry Slamcast. This is Slam Poem. Later, like, the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one naked moment that never crossed into I am the Smith. I am the poet. I am the industrial revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. No the sweet nature of the future and the reasons that we sing. This week's Keizu Slamcast was recorded on February 6th, 2001. The show was hosted by Dawn Saylor, but you won't hear much of her because I'm in the sound booth hitting the pause button so that we don't run out of space on the CD. In this open mic, you're going to hear Chris Fisher, Greg Bliss, Aaron Cantrell, Professor Joe, I can't remember his last name. Sorry, Joe. Also, Chris Bulmer. And my cat. You'll hear my cat. The feature for this show was Kalamazoo's own Beth Bulmer. She competed in, on several Keizu Slam teams at the National Poetry Slam and once at the Individual World Poetry Slam. I don't think she ever competed in a slam in Kalamazoo that she didn't win. At least none that I can remember. She's pretty fucking amazing. You can tell it's an open mic because of the musical accompaniment on a couple of poems, and somebody got up and did an acapella cover, which normally I would edit out, but the pitch was pretty good, so I let it run. Man, I hate acapella singing at an open mic almost, almost as much as I hate improv. Almost. And I'm not talking about sampling uh, a few phrases from a song to introduce your poem or or singing a few lines of your poem i'm talking about karaoke without the music of the jello shots that's what i hate he got moved from mississippi to georgia to serve his turn anyway he collected some poems for me to read this one's called coming home in march Partying by a river near Elwood City, Pennsylvania, getting loud and high, keeping company with people I met and empty cans of past partiers and broken glass. A song from Numbed Mouth coming out, weakly bouncing back through the quiet. We all stood by the tracks and, left and laughed at my song. Hey, little Indian, sing that song again. Yeah, bird, again. Song building louder, clearer. That's, out, that's far out, man. You're all right, little bird. Yeah, far out, bird. Away in winter when men of the Pueblo, young and old, sing the season and the village echoes, the heart throb of the drum beating strong, a wind in the trees, moon climbing high, stars shining brighter and brighter through cloudless sky, singing my heart deep into the night, holding on, remembering, lump in my throat, growing harder.
I brought my uh, two and a half year old son named Matthew here tonight. So I want to read you a beat poem for children written by a slam poet. And uh, I think you'll, we'll have a little fun with this. He like has half of it memorized. It's really cool. It's called, It Is Fun, all right? It's Hip Cat. All right, here we go. <laughs> he was a hip cat, a hep cat, a cool cat, living all alone in the Riverside Shack. Ooby-Doo John, the sax man, scat man, the cool cat man. One day he said to himself, all I want to do is make some jazz and music. So he picked up his axe, what his friends called his sax, and tipped his beret and said, scat cat, go get go. Hip cat daddy O's got a horn to blow on that cat scat. So. He hopped on the night train, the faster than light train, and in no time he came to a city by a bay. It was a bebop, rebop city, a bongo, congo, roller coaster, jazz in your bones city. Hip cat moseyed along, singing a song, swinging a sax. He slipped into Minnie's can do on Fillmore and said, Sweet Minnie, I want to blow my horn. Big Max, the Manx cat, was reading poetry at the mic, stomping on the floor to the rhythm of his words. When he was through, a hip cat hero with a horn to blow blue. His sacks bobbed and swung, screeched and skonked, purred and barked. The cats in the club said, go cat, go, and hip cat wailed into that horn. He wailed a song of longing, a song of joy, a song of loneliness and looniness, and the crowd went crazy. A joint was jumping, toes tapping, a cat's bopping, chairs dancing at shadows, hopping. Still tapping his toes and bobbing his head, Hip Cat stopped blowing and started ooby doing instead. Ooby dooey, blah, 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 shooby why did he? My cat is a kitty. So why be bop, I want my bang, bang, blam. His new fans loved him and many hugged him. He was a bad cat, a mad cat, a rad cat. But many could only pay him with peanuts. Now he was a penniless hip cat daddy-o with a tail to tail and a tail to wail. He hit all the jazz joints in town looking for a gig that would pay the rent. He was getting tired of living in a tent, but the joints were owned by the top dogs. If cats wanted to make it, they couldn't fake it. He said, if dogs can run free, why not me? So Ubi-Doo played his sax under the bridges. He played in the fog. He played on the ridges. He played all day and he played all night. He, he played for no pay, but he kept up the fight. But he had to eat. And there was no money in sight, so he played his sax at all the tourist traps. Tourists with cameras tossed coins in his cap. Then he became a short-order cook at the doggy diner. But he knew he could do something a whole lot finer. One night, he slipped back into Minnie's can-do. Minnie said, Ooby-Doo, how do you do? And Ooby-Doo said, I'm feeling kind of blue. Minnie said, sing it, you can-do. Big Max and some minx cats and cats and minx were jamming on their axes, playing some licks. They said, who's that cat? That cat from the sticks. And they remembered and shouted, ooby-doo, do what you do. Let the cats out of the zoo. So he blew his horn, all bluesy and forlorn. Then he started singing better than ever, remembering the river where he was born. Ooby-doo, be blah, 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 so why, be bop, a wama, bang, bang, blam, shooby, why did it? My cat is a kitty, dooby-doo, why, blah. Then Ubi Doo blew everybody away with his horn. And pretty soon word got around. Even the top dogs paid top dollar for Ubi Doo to wail at the clubs. He played in the hungry eye. He played in the hungry you. He played in the purple onion. And when he was through, the crowds went hog wild.
Now, wherever he went, he went in style. He tore down his tent and paid the rent. He ate tall ice creams and paid all his bills. They call him a jazz magician, a great musician, and a poet of the blues. And when he rolled the cable cars over the hills, his feet flew out in his shiny new shoes. Ubi Doo shouted, do what you love to do and do it well. He was a hip cat daddy with a tale to tell. He told it with his music, with his ubi doo wa diddy wa shubi wa day. My cat is a kitty and we play all day. Even the fat cats and the river cats back home listen to his music on the radio. They call him one cool daddy O. He was a hip cat, a hip cat, a cool cat, a bad cat, a mad cat, rad cat, ubi doo John the sax man, scat man, the long, sleek cat man. Born by a river in a little town, but just like that old river, I keep running on. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change is gonna come. Ooh, yes it is. It's been too hard living, but I don't want to die. I don't know what's up there beyond the clouds. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change is going to come. Ooh, yes it is. There was a time. I'd go to my brother, oh my brother. I said, brother, I said, brother, please. There was a time I'd go to my mother, oh my mother. I said, mother, I'm down on my knees. It's been too hard living. Wrong verse, sorry. <laughs> there was a time when I thought I wouldn't last too long, but somehow I was able to carry on. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know change is gonna come. Ooh, yes it is. It's been a long time coming, but I know Change is gonna come. Ooh, yes, it is.
see the jasmine blossom in my mind. The perfume tissue spirals down the sky, whiter than anyone's eye can find. It is a sign of what seems to us blind in nature that such wasted flowers fly. I see the jasmine blossom in my mind, globed branches shed streamed petals to the wind, like veils of lace, half shining purity, whiter than anything one's eye can find. The silken carpet on the blackened ground, I now remember but imperfectly. I see the jasmine blossom in my mind. We felt each other hand in hand in hand. Our eyes together held each passing tree, whiter than anything one's eye can find. We went to see the show, just to unwind. But we were lovers when we came away. I see the jasmine blossom in my mind, whiter than anything one's eye can find. Short people doing this. How y'all doing? Damn, this is a sad crowd. All right, then. Somebody tell me what's left for a failure. Cause every dream I had came equipped with the word never. Makes me wonder if I ever fly away from this place. Starts of the past makes me wanna try. I hear the thunder clouds serenade the blue sky. Now can you stand the rain? Stay by my side through all the pressure and the pain. Or will you be another cloud? Looking down on me like all the other faces in the crowd. Thus far, I walk alone in this life I lead. Cause I was born independent but was never free. I understand why the caged bird sings. But could you ever understand me? Or is that asking too much? I often wonder if I touched your mind with the lyrics I recite on the mic and if I ever made you see me in a different light as I struggle through this life in vain. And don't ask me why I'm tripping because it's hard to explain. I'm under street lamps reciting rhymes crazy at times. There are moments when I'm having trouble thinking up rhymes trying to tell the tale of tears that have long since passed. Eh, my bad. <laughs> Trying to tell the tale of tears that have long since passed. After I try to stop my plunge, but now I'm falling too fast. Do you understand? Is it clear to you now how much it hurts to want to trust with no idea as to how? The mic stand is messing with me. Word? Can I do that? <laughs> okay. All right. For dawn, for dawn, I won't throw it out the window. 
Cause it's that man who's laid back but still keeps it wild. Adrift as a man, outcasted as a child. Now mentally I never let it bother me much because instead of being blessed, well a nigga was touched in the dome. Leave me alone, I gotta get my thoughts straight. I try to hold it down but I can't concentrate. Reoccurring nightmares, screams in the dark. Did I bring this on myself or was I fucked from the start? My head stuck in the clouds, tears falling to earth cause I've been trapped in this hell since birth. Now worse comes to worse, it makes a nigga have to wonder why. I lie each time I smile cause really I wanna cry. Damn, so confused, so at times I gotta ask Should I cancel my future just to escape from my past? <laughs> Whoever said that this life I lead was simple If it was, I wouldn't do 85 And residentials wouldn't have to deal with crooked thoughts all the time Wouldn't have to struggle just to find peace of mind And so a sad chapter must come to a close Because the alcohol just spilled all in my clothes Damn You will forget the click, the bang, the thunderous force pummeling your fingers against the wall behind the butt of the weapon. You won't remember the gunmetal glimmer with its gaping void waiting for you. There will be nothing left of the liquid minutes just before the explosion that would have seeped out of your brain a thick crimson parade marking the disaster there on the floor. And nothing of the hour after paralyzed in the corner under the realization of the rebirth given by the flinch of your wrist. All that will remain will be the smell. Burning iron nitrate searing the fragile nerves of the nose, the hot blast tanning the skin in an instant, a fast bath of powder washing over the ear, leaving the thin impression of burning flesh lingering in the lungs. A smell so sweet it will force tears to tumble from your eyes whenever its industrial pungency is revisited. It is the smell of life the second after you thought it was over. This, is, this poem is for uh, Harold Schaefer. He was my grandfather. And it's called Fishing for Questions. I only went fishing with my grandfather once. We plan to go every single year like whispers that never really make their way into words. Sitting in his well-worn easy chair watching baseball, he would map out the lake like a general going to war. He would explain every motion from rowing the boat to casting the line, the commander in charge of a singular determined troop. He had a dusty gray, twice-busted box of lures he would take from the closet, each bait taking the shape of alien paraphernalia. There was an explanation for each as he would reach in and hold one up, explaining its delicate construction. This is a Gila popper. It kind of rattles around under there and it really pisses him off. <laughs> and then he would hum and chuckle for a minute, thinking it was the funniest thing in the world. Even when he got sick, he didn't postpone our plans. Thirty years of hard drinking and factory fumes dimmed the halogen glare that flared from inside him, but it couldn't sink the fisherman. I found an old creased cardboard box full of trivial pursuit cards in the closet next to the lures. In the black back bedroom, I cut them into unfortunate little fish and glued magnets near their mouths. With a redwood cane fishing with a redwood cane and a kite string, I formed the, a fishing pole. Blue crayon and construction paper made a makeshift lake on the living room floor. And that day 
we fished. We fished monstrous creature after creature from that lake and threw them back to be caught again and we bantered like old buddies and compared our catches with the competitive th hunger of the boxers and I ended up catching more fish than him and he gave me that old gray tackle box as a reward. That was the last chance we had to cast line and lead the catch. The last lake we would navigate together. Grandfather and grandson gently rocking the boat of time. Battering applause for Miss Beth Bomer. Lost woman, lost, lost woman, omen, woman, omen. Driving home, I fade with the morning fog. My bra rides shotgun on the seat beside me. A strange face haunts the rearview mirror. A desperate voice taunts the radio. A dying bird on the edge of the highway, mouth open and screaming, but no one hears. Silent, silent woman, unheard, reaching, trying, unheard, lost in the night, lost in the light of, lost in the light. I came into this world easy and unscathed, smooth, fresh arms reaching toward the light of possibility while my mother counted fingers and toes. I was an old soul with no memory, blind and bloody, no birthmarks. Over years, I felt the stinging lack of distinction slowly filled the void of my identity, adorned by metallic piercings, wrapped in the inky embrace of urban tattoos, clothed in the tight weave of self-fashioned scars. Knuckles ground into bricks, splitting my chapped, scaly ego, worn like a callus. I peeled back the torn layers of indifference, exposing rosy bonework eyeing my own mortality just a few thin flaps away. Flat white crack of collarbone against a drunken banister, saving me from a sobering slip, avoiding reality's stark intrusion. I drifted in drug-hazed illusion, collecting dim shadow box snapshots of who I might have been. Series of serrated scratches keeping score on my forearm, freed my focus from the earthly bind of a body fucking for survival from my tendencies towards self-destruction, wearily drawn to the silver seduction of sawtooth sterling, marking time on my skin. 
I may have eased into this existence, crept so softly into this corner of my life, even I barely noticed my arrival. But I'm going out hard, limbs crawling toward the light of possibility, the past jagged path trailing me like a placenta into the next life, where I will recognize the familiar grooves of my body, fingers examining the coarse, wet braille of my flesh, trying to learn from my mistakes this time, my misshapen figure newly squeezed from this dark, bruised, and bent, birthmarked, marked woman with the markings of a woman wounded, hidden in her own scars, hidden in her scars, shielded, shielding herself. I wear my torso like translucent chainmail. My breasts spread bruised stains over my otherwise white, strained, and blue-veined skin. I never noticed my uterus. Now it pulses, contracts, spins a web of arteries like a spider cocooning itself for the final feast, ready to end the world in a flash flood and the birth of a savior. Woven from my emotional spool, she'll arrive with her cross already nailed. Palms pleading and mouth open, I will do everything to soothe her, follow her. I have given my body, I have given my blood, and she will be my glory, my grace, my girl. Girl, growing, girl growing into a woman, grown, grown into her skin, into her body, a body of a woman. My intestines have been adjusting to my kidneys, reshaping, my stomach relocating beneath the weight of cantaloupe breasts that keep me sleeping on towels, waking up wet, soaked in the warm sugar milk that separates in the bottles like a child pulled from her mother's embrace. I've gotten used to sleeping on my side, limbs braided into pillows, stuffed between the sheets, but I have difficulty closing my eyes. My back's banana curve arches until the sharp edge of shoulder blade cuts the mattress. My ears reach into the suburban noise of night to grab my daughter's breath, barely scratching at the dark. My blood runs in crazed circles, collides with bone and muscle. It forms disjointed search parties of cells, seeking the memory of her stubborn heartbeat. Always a pulse ahead of mine. Frozen, fragile, her heart beat, 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 the echo of her heart beat, 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 the echo of her heart beat, beat, breaking, beat, beat, breaking, breaking, breaking me. I used to collect things that break. Miniature clowns with painted stone faces, masks of faux feathers, colored glass globes, and antique vases. 
boxes for trinkets and music and jewelry. If it was small and fragile, it fascinated me. I've moved eight times in seven years, my life piling up like the trail of boxes I never unpack. The inevitable history of me waiting to be unwound from its binding and examined for cracks. The permanence of our accidents haunts us in scars. And we can't escape what we've become after all the scrapes, stretching to reach the edge, coming so close that the gravity of falling tugs at our bones pulls us toward the tragedy of a late night crash that shatters sleep into warning, a reminder of how breakable things are. I've collected souls like figurines, the vulnerable pulsing parts of people blistering beneath the skin, burning from the inside out. I've swept the ashen remains of those frail dreams into my palm, cradling pain that never belonged to me, shifting and stealing truth in an attempt to heal myself when I can't even look in the mirror without wincing at the reflection of another woman lost, at the conception of self-respect, her image blurred into what's expected. The mother and housewife there to stay, no matter the cost to her graying mind, and they never noticed her spirit fading away, spread too thin to cover the corners of their life plans, flattened like well-worn maps to happiness with every road bearing her name. But devotion, is not the same as love. I've learned to ignore my artistic obsessions. I've lined shelves with my unconfessed passions, unpacked my emotion like possessions. My porcelain skin strains like paper mache over a hollow frame. Fine blue-stemmed veins grown smooth and glassy. I feel those women inside of me. The thousand faces I've tried to be. Hand-painted features and ceramic smiles. A shape to suit all suitors. Displayed for the taking. My lifetime of faking, waiting for the shove that breaks me. While the collection of every role I've played hovers on the stiff cement cliff of the last mantle I plan to grace. I'm not hiding in house, uh, hutches and trophy cases anymore, so I won't be an ornament polished and a place to decorate someone else's desire. I've got fires of my own to feed. I need to reclaim those dreams I've tried to deny, lean over the edge, and decide to fly. Have no fear of the falling. Have faith in the landing. Feel my feet finally touch ground. Grounded, grounded, grounded woman finding, 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 finding self. I flip to a fresh page in my planner to find my wedding waiting. The reminder printed in the red ink of sealed promises and wrong answers. Today, I would have been walking down an outdoor aisle amid smiles and tears into the arms of true love. Instead, I draw a thin black line through the red reminder in my planner, and another, 
and another until there was nothing on the page except a solid black box, like the one buried in my basement, containing a magazine page torn neatly from its binding. It bears a photograph of a dark-haired woman gazing into the distance of a brighter future, wearing my wedding dress. She whispers the vows I never finished writing that follow me to sleep at night, chanting at the edge of my dreams. Only two sacred lines had leaked from my pen when I realized nothing I had to say described the man I was writing for. But we both still wear engagement bands on the wrong hands. Mine holds three aquamarines, one for him, one for me, one for our daughter. And it speaks to me of sacrifice, reminds me of the everyday struggle to trust my own instincts, not to succumb to the social judgment of broken families, single mothers, and my daughter's hyphenated surname. Society consciously questions my ability, my stability, leaves me astounded at the stigma of wearing a ring on the wrong hand. Because this is my right hand. And with this ring, I give myself willingly the gift of my own life. And I will wear it in sickness and in health, poverty or wealth, for better or for worse. As long as I possess the strength it took to place this ring on this finger, it will not be forsaken. By the pulsing, passionate blood I've passed on to my daughter, I promise from this day forth to make my packs with conviction and not the pressure of bold point pens. And I will never again print wedding on any page of my calendar with the bills to pay and trips to the dentist trying to force myself into the appointment of marriage. When I do make that promise, it will be final. It will be fervent. And it will feel like a gown of pressed summer flowers wrapped around my body. It will taste like chocolate in my mouth. A melting rush painting my tongue with liquid sugar. And I will savor it till death. You know, I've been reading the articles in Mademoiselle, taking the monthly quiz in Glamour as if my life were a lipstick ad. I'm trying to figure myself out all over again, brooding over glossy daydreams and gelled hair and tight jeans, frantically fleeing this red-hot image of the perfect woman melting myself down to those standards like witches burned at the stake, shriveled into something safe. At last, I might fit between those pages, posed as female liberation, squeezed into the form-fitted framework of how a woman should be built, or would be built if fashion editors designed us. But today, I'm forming my own design leaving space to grow strong and wide. Release the veiled woman inside of me, beautiful 
in her earned weariness, stretched to perfection, slightly sagging in all the right spots. And she will teach me to love with the lights on, stand naked and grinning into mirrors. I'll begin to trust the voice of my intuition dimly whispering all these years and raise myself up from the ash. Soaring, flying, free woman, free women, free woman, free. Women, be proud of your sway and swing it wide as we hold inside these hips the power of birth and death and we bleed like we need proof of our strength. They won't take a woman's word for it. But don't let them size you down. Make their figures bend to yours, then bust them at the seams because their dream girl does not exist. Existence, no existence for a real woman. I'm trying to be a real woman, what I'm trying to be for you. Tell me, tell me, what do you see? Tell me, tell me, what should I be? Who should I be for you? One full week of cabbage soup, water and unsweetened fruit juice guaranteed to lose 10 pounds. She swayed between sneaky jigsaw puzzle handfuls of pretzels and starvation. Slicing into guava and watercress, her new Californian diet to the stars mailed UPS from her skinny sister. She ate slowly, taking tiny bites, chewing noiselessly because she wanted to be featherweight practically weightless, to drift like a conversation focusing on her body just long enough to notice imperfections and set about becoming someone smaller, less noticeable, one of a million ripples on the surface of the sea beneath her figure waxing and waning while she missed the full moon of her power eclipsed by her desire for media-bred beauty. She tightened the belt of determination around her waist while her basement grew fat with every lose that ass thy breast hip break 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 down a woman machine to pass through the subtle commercial strained subconscious of weeknight tv miniseries meant for housewives crying into their coffee believing every advertised promise they collect dusty graveyards of unused nordic track thigh master ab blaster slim fast sexy in a can and they hand the legacy down to the daughters of their insecurities when they've given up on changing themselves. Hey, Mom, I'm not saying I won't follow some of your footsteps. I hope I have half the strength of a woman who completes a PhD, births two children, maintains a husband, and works full time. The patience of a woman who waits six years for her husband to die and drives all morning after falling downstairs to hold his head in her lap, hospital chest shocks and IVs just to be the first one to tell her daughter he's dead and we're all going to be okay. Mom, I do admire you. 
But I don't want to float from palm to palm like a dandelion exhaled into the wind of a needy husband's ego. I want to stay where I put myself. Because I am going to be a heavyweight, going to bear the weight of my own life stuffed full of sweet things. I want to address myself in a conversation meant only for me. Focus on each part of my body so long that I see them swell and stretch with pride, wallow in my own reflection. I want to be every ripple on the surface of the sea and the overflowing moon spilling down on me, swimming in every ripple of my female body, nourishing each muscle and bone as if the structure of my life depended on every tendon beneath this skin. And I won't let my daughter grow up terrified of her own growling needs. I won't teach her to take tiny bites. And she will never feel the ache of a body starving for approval. So I will show her her beauty every day and not in the way I comb her hair or dress her small frame, in the way I wear myself the way I say my name. I will fill our plates high, raise my tongue to the sky, and tell her every night. We thank the Earth Mother for her round, ripe fruits, her full, fertile, swaying fields of grain. We thank our Mother for all her glorious gifts. Acceptance joy, hope, wisdom. I cut my first wisdom tooth at 22. It surfaced slowly during the summer of my pregnancy, not with a rip of skin like an epiphany, no sudden enlightening burst of pain. It was tedious, like when my father made me sit and watch a cactus grow an exercise in patience. For years, I waited for those teeth, watching friends get them early and cut them out. I rubbed the, my fingertip over the smooth, flat gum, feeling for any bulge or tear. So I thought I was wise enough. I knew how to make my mother cry with a look, how to hit back. I knew how to perform CPR, how to watch someone die and still go on living. I knew my mother's face like I knew my father's breath, like I know my sister's smile, her stunted laugh. Still, I waited for proof of my emerging adulthood. At 24, teething with my daughter, I know I have so much more to learn. I wonder at her wisdom. She doesn't cry, her tongue pressed into a soft pink arch, bridging the gap between her drool-parted lips as the teeth split a slow, straight path through the swollen gums. I watch her savor the experience, her mouth delighting in the sharp, new taste of knowledge. Knowing. Child knows nothing. Girl knows it all, and woman does not know what she wants. At age 11, I had God by the balls, my life in my hands, 
collected in clumps of round white pills like a palm full of clouds. I was standing at death's door, ready to stroll my soul through the pearly gates and spend eternity with a Lord I didn't really believe in. After two weeks of sweat-torn digestive rebellion, vomiting flat orange pineapple fago-like oil spills into the sheets of my bed, tossed by the waves of illness rolling over me, my ears buzzing with the taunting jangling of heaven's keys, reminding me how close I'd come. I decided I didn't want to die, at least not until I'd kissed a boy. Drifting in that dehydrated delirium, I made it my prepubescent mission to taste every boy I could get my lips on. And for years, I kept a list, counting all the boys I'd kissed, filling the blank lines in the back of each diary until the pages of names disgusted me. As if I'd written in blood, etched their names in stone or steel, engraved my body with their desires. My lips were tired. My drive derailed, and I hadn't found any of the fire I'd been searching for. My heart a chalky pile of unused cells. At age 23, God had me by the balls, my life in his hands, ready to press my soul, passionless as a dried flower. I would have married the last man I wanted to bother with to avoid the sting of a broken heart. And he would have stayed. Fixed cars, mowed lawns, worked every day and slept beside me each night. He didn't kiss, but I had long ago lost faith in the kissing game. Six months from saying I do at a party where I never meant to be, I accidentally brushed the man dancing next to me. Willowy limbs bending in the music's breeze, he scratched the window of my belief. The childish reason for my continued existence resurfaced in his mouth, bursting with the bitter, salted seed of my history. He really kissed me. In that moment of violet electricity, a vein of new emotion opened in me. My fears scattered like the feverish memories of a child, too scared to grow into this woman, too scared to know the difference between happiness and security. The voice of that child urged incessantly, this is it, what we've waited for. Take it, take it now. And there are times that I feel that bold, carving oaths like mountainous grooves into the sky. And there are times when this love seems small and timid in my hands, warm-blooded but ready to bolt. I don't need crystal ball predictions of forever. For months, I've left the tarot cards unread. I need the keys of destiny to stop rattling in my ears, inviting me to test her one more time. Because I want to float like a palm full of clouds to the top of his tree-like stance and rest easy on our horizon, just rising in innocent morning to ride the sensuous wind of breath, blowing kisses like a girl newly aware of her blooming body, alive in the liberation of her lips. Free woman.
what I see, what I know, what I see, what I know, what you see, what I know, what you see, what you see, <laughs> no. Because I want to be tough, like muscles, abs, pecs, biceps, glutes, triceps, driven to the edge, pushed and pumped, stretched and stringy, never strong enough, tight, throbbing, unnatural bulges in well-oiled, vein-popping poses. I want to flex when you bend me. I want to narrow like cement-chipped, bottle-tipped eyes, sliced to slits, the bloodshot shoot to kill, don't come too close, won't back down, I don't care, stare, stifling the starlit stiffness of a deep-set alley, you don't dare stroll alone. I want to peel like calloused skin under your dirty nails, scab like raw wounds, wear barbed wire, fish hook, and skull tattoos, prison blue with scars stitched through the harsh designs, I want you to call me Roach, because I'm going to be scary, like head shaved, cheeks three days scruff, earring, nose ring, lip ring, tongue ring, dick ring, cellophane packing, cigarette smoking, voice gone, gruff as rough leather, with silver spiked shoulders and studded collars, wrist chains and wallet chains. I want to swear at small children, swallow raw eggs, grind my teeth in public, and spit. I'm going to be hard-assed, hard to get around, hard-hearted in my ink and sterling disguise, mean-looking in ripped jeans, buffed up, shit-stuffed, and puffed with attitude. I want all y'all to walk away just shaking your head saying, man, she's tough. Thank you. You know, I bet we can get her back up here for another poem. How many people want to hear Beth one more time? Hey, Beth? Beth? Uh-oh. Beth? Beth, can we have another poem, please? Everybody keep clapping. I think she's going to say yes. Yeah, I can see her. I can see her. It's twinkling in her eyes. She's saying... Yeah, please. Right on. Yeah! Maybe. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. To hell with trying to remember all this new stuff, though, and I can barely speak anymore, so I am going to do what remains as my favorite poem. I'm a woman in need of some religion, so how about a little holy, holy, give me some hallelujah, one or two amens, and a soft salad, oh. So this is what you call praying. Me flat on my ass saying over and over, I want to believe, well, I want to see, give me some proof, God. Reach down and save me. 
I want to be heaven's child. I want my body's beauty to pale beside my soul. I want gold angels naked and winged playing a harps and singing. Teach me to lean on skin knees nightly and beg. Plead to be told that I haven't accidentally finished the journey and this is where it ends. My father was an atheist. My mother's ex-Catholic, my ex-boyfriend's Jewish, my housemate a pagan, my girlfriend a Wiccan, my sister's agnostic, and the father of my child has Christ painted all over his body. And I've read the Bible, old and new, the Torah, the Koran. I've studied Buddha, Allah, Satan, Krishna, Jehovah, Jesus, and Zeus. But I don't know how to believe in unicorns and minotaurs, the Easter Bunny, dinosaurs, the rainbow, the pot of gold. I do miss the Tooth Fairy, though. I so desperately wanted faith in those wings and that wand. I used to wish on stars, birthday candles, cars with one headlight, 1111 jinx, and kamikaze eyelashes. I quit when they stopped coming true. Maybe I'd used all my wishes, run the well dry, and at age 14, standing beneath a full moon, singling out the shiniest star, wishing my father out of a coma, my wishes ran out. But I believed in the monster under my bed, the witch in my basement. I believed in Thor, and my dad was a warlock. I believed he was 42 for 10 years in a row. Suddenly, he was 65. Suddenly, closer to death, and he didn't want to get dressed anymore. Stopped bathing, wore dandruff, eczema, and shit stains, wandering the neighborhood like an escaped mental patient. Strangers and neighbors called on the photo. Everyone knew the naked man's house. Quick, get him back inside. The truth was too gross to hide, as they didn't want to see, didn't want to know what God does to those who lose their faith. And this is what I call praying. Me flat on my ass saying over and over, I want to believe, I want to see. Give me some proof, God. Reach down and save me. Or am I too faithless? I am no one to believe, a legend. A bedtime story, the tooth fairy mommy told of. And weren't we all waiting? Teeth tucked under our pillows, holding our breath, eyelids fluttering in anticipation, not of the quarters, but of the wings. All right, that was Beth, right on! Sweet, dude! And by the way, it's not about making money, it's about taking money. Destroying the status quo, because the status is not quo. The world is a mess, and I just need to rule it.